Welcome to the Thinking Big podcast. Today, we are talking with Dr. Lynette Reed about the layers of success for your team or organization. Lynette's mission is to help people and organizations feel more connected to the world around them and the relationships that are most important to them. I remember 25 plus years ago when I started managing people, and it was definitely different back then. It was a top-down management style. And Lynette understands that the modern work world is recreating itself into a place where, you know, creativity and teamwork and human values are all being brought to the forefront. And even employees are looking for leaders to create an environment that promotes trust and openness. So today, we're going to be thinking bigger into connections and our leadership. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. I really want to welcome Lynette to the podcast. But before we get into some of the great work that you're doing, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I, I I live in Texas, so I, you know I guess with the doing things on podcast, uh, we we don't really know where we are sometimes with other people. So uh, I live uh, close to Austin, and I've been doing the work that I do probably for over 20 years. I uh, started doing it when I was working on my doctorate, and it's just kind of grown from there. And uh, it's kind of funny because where I started is a lot different than where I ended up. It's you, you never know where you're going to go. Yeah, it's funny so, how that happens. Uh, I, yeah, funny how that goes, right? Yeah, yeah. So because I started actually, my my doctorate is a very odd degree field. It's called spirituality, sustainability, and interreligious dialogue. But what it has to do with I have found is how we connect to people, to ourselves and to the other world. And uh, where I ended up is doing this with businesses, because when you're doing it with businesses and individuals within businesses, you're talking about uh, human capital and how do you strengthen your organization. And so it's kind of gone from, from one area to the other as far as how we're connected to each other. Yeah. And, and I think that's very important within, uh, within organizations because I think a lot of big companies or a lot of uh, what I call corporate companies, you know, they don't have, a lot of them don't have a good way to bring people into the organization from a manager level, from a leader level. You know, they, they tend to, if you are a good, you know, subject matter expert in, in finance or in engineering or whatever you're doing, they think that translates into a better manager or a good manager. And that's right. human. He, managing people and relationships is much different than working on spreadsheets or being an expert at databases or whatever you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, and it's interesting to me because uh, back when I started doing this, it really wasn't a big thing. But what we have found is it started to grow a lot because there have been a lot of organizations that have fractured and fallen apart. And we had a whole area of a time uh, whenever whenever organizations were just completely fracturing and falling apart. And so people are starting to see that there is some value to having that strong human element to your organization, especially if you're related a lot to customer service or things like that, if you're, if you're looking at that areas. 
Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's huge. Now, how does that, how do you think the, you know, this pandemic and how do you think this new, you know, stay at home working and this new, you know, remote stuff, how do you think that's going to play into this whole organization and the relationships and, and what type of effect do you see that, do you see that have, uh, having? Yeah, well, actually, it's kind of interesting with the pandemic. Uh, it, what I'm finding a lot is that it's really accentuated this whole concept of human potential, because when you lose that ability to be able to connect with people, you start to realize the value of it. And so I think to me, it's going to be different for every organization. And I think that's what is very interesting about this topic is that every organization has its own culture, its own set of people. So there's no two that are alike. So I don't know if there's a catch all for what where you could just say, OK, this is going to work, especially for this company. Um, I know some government agencies that are looking at taking their employees and leaving about a third of them remote because they've been so efficient doing it this way. And then for other organizations that just have to be in, like if you're with a mortgage company or something like that, it's a little more difficult because you've got those people industries like restaurants and things like that. So uh, I think the big uh, goal for everybody is going to be to take what they've got and try to figure out what's going to work best for them and use this as an opportunity. To me, this is a great opportunity to say, okay, we don't have to do the status quo anymore. What do we want to do now? Yeah. What do we want it to look like? Yeah. And, you know, you talk about, you know, these layers of success in in organizations. What, what do you mean by that? What, what is that? Yeah. Well, the way I kind of look at it is uh, my, the two, I have two analogies that I usually use whenever I'm explaining this, this idea. One of them is uh, for anybody who's ever built a house, you know, when you're building the foundation of the house, you don't just put concrete down, you put rebar in it and you strengthen it up. And so to me, uh, you've got the house, which is your organization or your person and the things that they do, the physical aspects of the day, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, doing progress notes or if you're doing a, a spreadsheet or the, the things that you're doing physically throughout the day, that's the house. But you have to have something underneath it, which is that that foundational part. So that is uh, the, the layers would be the house layer, which is the physical stuff. And then the um Uh, the layer underneath, which is what I like to call the behavioral stuff, because if you don't have a strong behavioral foundation, anything you build on top of that is going to be weakened by the fact that you've got conflict or you're not authentic and you're, you're kind of fractured in these little places because people aren't working together efficiently. And that can be even diversity could be a, a part of that. You know, if you've got a bunch of different people, how do you bring them all together so that they're connecting and keeping that foundational element strong? Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, to me, it's, uh, you know, this, uh, level of, of, I don't know, teamwork, uh, this level of, you know, I, I don't think many companies put as much emphasis on human training as they do on technical training or job training. They don't necessarily train on the, the human relationships. And that, to me, it's like I have worked with teams that have been very fractured because the relationships are not are not good. And, and oh. to me, you, you have to build the relationships with your organization, with your teams, 
them to be effective. I think that's one of the most important things, more than technical. I put it this way. I would rather have someone who is a great team player on my team right. than someone who is the best person at that, at that job. I'd much rather exactly. have that. Yeah. 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 It saves time. It saves energy. Yeah. It keeps everybody working forward. Um, so that's, that's really what my work is, is trying to help people find those connectivities in order to make sure that they're working together efficiently. Cause like you, like you said, you know, if you're, you've got a team that's working together strongly, what does that look like? That's just right. a, a wonderful place to start your team working. Right. So. And, and how, how do you build these layers into organizations? I mean, what, what types of things do you do? Well, when I was back in the day when I was working on my, uh, my model, I, I guess you could call it. Uh, one of the things that I started noticing was I was looking to see, well, I was looking to see what people what what elements of people were able to help them strengthen themselves or strengthen organizations. And um, what I found was there were three elements that just kept popping up. And uh, so I started kind of integrating them into the work that I was doing. And over the past period of time, I have found that these three elements pretty much stay consistent whenever it comes to human interactions and how people work together. And if you do these three things, it, it, it's what helps strengthen. And, and when I say them, they sound really easy, but uh, my, the, my experience has been it takes about an, a year to learn them if you don't already have them integrated into your system. Some people just have it naturally, you know, it's just part of the way they do it. But uh, some people have to learn it as a skill. Right. And so uh, that's what I'll do is I'll teach them the three elements and then they work from there. And, and how do you think, so if you're looking at a team and stuff, how, how do you think personal development plays into your organization? Cause you, cause that's, you know, to me, it's, if I'm managing a team, it's hard to tell people to go do personal development. I mean, I can teach them, you know, I can, I can try sending them to some classes like, you know, Dale Carnegie or, or some of these different classes, but how do you how how do you do that layer in organization because again that's not something that companies normally do it's it's not it's not the norm it, yeah it's kind of out of the unusual it's getting more and more and i think you know you were asking earlier about the pandemic i think that's one of the things that it has done is to say okay gosh now we've got to figure out a new way of living life and so we've got this this opening to say who do we want to be as a person? So, you know, you can look at when you're in an organization, you can either say, okay, look, I need you to do this personal professional development. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, they're saying, look, you either do this or we can't have you here because you're being so disruptive. Uh, sometimes it's somebody who truly wants to, to figure out. Uh, a lot of times people will say to me, I feel scattered or I feel I'm always frustrated or I'm always upset with somebody. And so whenever you hear those emotions coming out, then that's kind of my barometer to say, okay, something is not connecting here. And so I'll start, what I'll basically do is go find the story because uh, I think whenever you're talking about people and organizations, what you're looking at is how do you balance value within the organization? You know, we're valuing the money, we're valuing the, the business, we're valuing those things with the value of the people. How do we find that that balance so that we're still making money and we're still making progress with our business, but we're also valuing the people that are, you know, keeping things going and how do we show them that? Right. And so I think you have to find organizations 
that are willing to do that or they could become so fractured that they have to do something or they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll die. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, I had to, you know, as I was going up, you know, I've been in IT management for, you know, 30 years Yeah. and I know that I really had to start developing my personal development. I had to start, I had to start learning the personal side of things, which I wasn't, you know, when I first, you know, just like many, many managers, I got pushed into management because I was good at what I was doing. And, and I was atrocious as a, as a manager, you know, it was, uh, you know, I was not a good manager until I started to learn these personal skills and, and how to work with people and, and how to connect or how to care for, for people. I think that's, that's big. If, if you don't care about your people, it's going to show. I mean, you have to care about them. You have to have that connection because uh, they're not going to follow you. I mean, they will because they have to, and it's on an org chart and they've got to, but they're going to do the minimum. I mean, if you don't have, to me, if you don't have a cohesive team, you know, you're going to have people who will do the bare minimum to get their, to get their paycheck. Yeah, yeah I agree. In fact, one of the things we always say is um, you can be a boss or you can be a leader. Uh, and the boss is kind of the guy who just shows up and says, OK, do what I tell you to and shut up and get your job done. And the leader is the one who comes in and says, OK, here's how we're going to structure this. And so I think that that is a challenge. And one of the things that I find, too, is that you've got that structure of CEO, mid-level management and the employee. And, you know, all of them have their challenges. But I found that especially whenever I'm working with this model, that the, that you help any of the levels. You can help employees. You can help CEOs because it's a it's about building something inside yourself first, and then taking that out into your bosses, your coworkers, your st- uh, stakeholders, anybody that you have to interact with. And so I think you're right. I think if you if you see that value and you can figure out how to utilize that in your organization, that's just adding that foundation that's going to make you even stronger than you were. In fact, um. One of the, the things I've seen that's just a shocking number is the Gallup poll has a, a, an article that I can share with you that says that employee engagement cost, what is it, four four hundred fifty to five hundred fifty billion uh, for lost productivity. Right. So you're talking a lot of money. So it's a, it's part of your your value for the the financial aspect of it too. Yeah, and I think people that have a healthier organization right now are going to make it through this, you know, the remote working in this pandemic much better than people who just have the org chart. Cause while the boss is away, the mouse will play. I mean, they're, if, if, (laughs) if you don't have a good relationship with your, with your team and with your organization while they're at home, they're they're again, they're going to do the bare minimum unless you have a good solid relationship and, and connection and culture, you know, within your, within your organization. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I've always been someone who has been <clears throat> a critical thinker and some people, what, what do you, what do you mean by critical thinker? Well, you know, that's a, that's, that's, that's a wide open question. When I look at critical thinking, what I'm thinking of is uh, somebody who is able to look at the bigger picture. I know a lot of times what happens is we become very focused on the way we see the world. And if we believe that we're, 
right and that this is the only way to look at it, it's really hard to kind of spread out and say, okay, here's all the different aspects of what's out there in the world and here's all the possible scenarios. And so how are we going to take what I think and what this person thinks and what this other person thinks and bring them together into some kind of a cohesive uh, way of doing something? And so um, you're, you're kind of talking about uh, having a broader view of, of the world and, and being able to be open to other areas. Right. So that's right. Kind, of, kind of the way I look at. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes when I look at uh, look back and I, I, I try to be a critical thinker and ask why, you know, I tried getting all the perspectives and, you know, why, why, why this or, or why that sometimes it gets looked down upon that you're not a team player or you're not. It's like you're a Debbie Downer. You're, you know, you're, you're negative when it's not, it's really just critical thinking saying, okay, if this, yeah. you know, why, why this, why, why that? And that's, you know, I think critical thinking is a, a much needed skill set, but it's got, mm-hmm. I think it's got to be done in the right way. Cause again, it can be looked at as, you know, you're just trying to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I usually tell people is I'll say, okay, if we're going to, if we're going to talk critically thinking what, in that way, uh, let's look at a, let's just do some brainstorming. And sometimes if it's a real resistant situation, I'll just say, okay, let's, let's pretend fantasy land, you know, fantasy land, we can do whatever we want. We don't have to do it the old way. Fantasy land. What would you do? And then have everybody talk about fantasy land, because then when you're in that fantasy land, you're in that creativity place where you get to think about things that you wish would happen that may not be happening and, and things that you would like to see happening. And so you can kind of get into that, that more open area of thinking. And so that seems to work pretty well for, for the most part. Um, some people are don't, do not want to go to that place, though. They're very happy with uh, staying in the, this is the one way to do it. And this is the way we're going to do it. And you may not be able to change people like that. And I think that's part of when I talk about that, the model that I use, uh, that's part of it is being able to accept whenever you're just not going to be able to change somebody. And that doesn't change your value and it doesn't change the work you're doing. It's just, you know, something you have to put into the mix of how you're going to deal with that situation. It's a factor. Yeah. And I think you brought up a great, uh, a great thing on creativity. I mean, I think businesses who can't stay, especially in today's, the way things are working today is if you can't be creative and, and have these open discussions and, and be creative on what you do, how you do it, uh, I think you're not gonna, you won't go very far in the new, to me, the, the new economy, you creativity is what, uh, is what's built the company's creativity is what started yeah. everything. And, and if you, if you don't have that creativity within your organizations, you're not going to have much growth. Yeah. That's where all your possibilities are. Yeah. And so you have to kind of decide as an organization, you know, what do I want that to look like? And I think this is a perfect time because since everybody is in a reset mode, you can now say, okay, we're resetting and now we're getting ready to go out and start something again. And, you know, when I go on LinkedIn, I see a lot of times they'll have uh, feeds of what people are actually doing to try to change the way they're doing things to include the sustainability aspect of it. Uh, A lot of uh, towns and communities and countries are changing how they do their roadway systems uh, because everybody saw the dramatic drop in the, uh, 
the, the air quality and things like that, everything, the air quality got better, things like that. And so we got to see that very dramatically. And, uh, and I think when you also, when you watch like, uh, they've got, uh, some of the, the celebrities are getting on and doing their, their feeds on online. That's a whole different venue of, of lifestyle that we've never done before. Right. And so to me, you know, if you think, okay, I've got this company, especially if you're a small, smaller company where you have a little bit more ability to be creative, this is a great time to say, okay, if I want to re kind of strengthen my infrastructure, what do I need to do on the one layer, which is the physical stuff? You know, do I need new software? Do I need to think about doing remote things like that? And then on the other level saying, okay, what can I do to strengthen my people? You know, what can I do to make that human capital? Cause that's my foundational stuff. If I don't want my, my foundation to crack, uh, then I need to really make sure that I've got that in place and see what works best, you know, Right. and probably a lot of trial and error in that too. You know, it's not going to be like the perfect time the first time, you know? Right. And what do you, th what do you see as the biggest, like when you go in and you start talking with people, what do you, what have you seen as being the either the biggest issue or the biggest roadblock when you start talking with them? Well, normally when I'm brought in, the the thing that's normally happening is conflict. There's normally a conflict between two people. There's a somebody is in conflict with themselves. Uh, there is a conflict within the organization and somebody else, and so. Uh, everybody's frustrated, everybody's feeling scattered, whatever the word they're going to use. And so what I find is that um, you have to kind of dig in and figure out what's going on with that. And normally what I do is I do, I, I have three things that I have them start working on. The first one is, and this is my kind of the model, is I, I do what's called a personal intentional mission statement. And what that basically is, is it's adjectives that describe who you want to be as a company. So do you want to be friendly? And these are adjectives that you can you can actually take action on. You know, you can take an action on it. It's not like happy because sometimes we can't make ourselves happy. But it's things that are like, how do I want to interact with people? How do I want to interact with myself? Do I want to be kind to people? Do I want to be friendly, helpful? What are those words? Because that's going to define the culture of your organization. And it's also going to be your foundation. You're saying, okay, we've got this. We're going to put the rebar in the concrete, so to speak. And that's going to be these words. And so if I'm hiring people, I may ask them, okay, what do you want to be, you know, what, what are some words to describe who you are as a person? You know, how do you interact with people, kind, friendly, whatever, and have them answer. And if their words match yours, that's a good kind of indicator for that. Uh, if they're people within the organization, then you can say, okay, let's get together as a team and decide what our words are going to be. Or if it's an individual, you say, okay, what are your words going to be for yourself? And that kind of builds the foundational structure. And then the second part of that is you have, make sure your actions match those words and the, any commitments that you make. Because if you're talking authenticity, the, I believe the absolute best way to have authenticity is to have your words and actions match. Because if you think about those people who they say, yeah, I'm a nice guy, but then they, you know, growl at everybody and, and are rude, then, right. you know, are you really going to believe, you know, they kind of fracture, they put these little micro fractures in place. Uh, whereas if you have somebody who truly is a kind person and that's all they do, even whenever there's a crisis going on, they stay kind. 
think about how authentic they feel. And so the second part of that is kind of teaching them, okay, how do you do that? Because that's actually a pretty hard thing to do if you're not used to doing yeah, it. it is. And yeah. I think that's something we struggle with, yeah, as a society. And then the final one is a little bit of an interesting one, and it's been revised a little bit, is it's not judging people as good or bad or wrong or right. Because what happens when you do that is it starts becoming this value battle. This person's better than me. This person's worse than me. So therefore, they must be destroyed because I'm right and you're not. You know, and so you get into these these power struggles and ego struggles where if you can just say, you know what, it's okay for us to be different. You know, this person believes this and I believe this. Well, that's okay. They're not good or bad or wrong or right. They're just different. And how do we take all of that information that we all have to share and bring it into the, the discussion? And like I said, every, every company is different because some are more structured and some are more, you know, freestyle. So you have to kind of cater it to whatever the organization is on that second layer, that business layer. But everybody can have their words and actions match, whether you're a CEO or an employee. And everybody can choose words that are going to be how they connect to other people. And the more those synchronize within the organization, uh, the, the better. You can just feel it, just me talking about it, how it, it kind of brings everything to more cohesion. Right. And so that's the end goal is to get everybody to see, okay, if we're all doing this cohesion thing, then we're going to automatically come into this strong core, strong foundation. Right. And so you're using those three elements to kind of keep everybody on track. And they're good barometers because if somebody's words and actions don't match, you automatically know that their actions, you know, are probably where their true nature are. And you're going to start using that as your barometer instead of their words, you know, because they're not matching. So there's that fracturing going on. Right. So, right. so that's kind of, in a nutshell, the first steps whenever I go in and start working with somebody is uh, kind of doing that little uh, model there. Now, have you ever been dropped into the middle of such a big crap storm that you just said, I'm out? <laughs> this is, I'm not. <laughs> That's a hard one. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the way I look at that. I don't, I don't know if there's a good answer to that. Cause normally if they're, if they're so broken they're you know, I can try to help, but, uh, you know, it, the way I tell them to kind of look at it is this, uh, if you've got, uh, if you've got like a, a piece of, of glass or a, a piece of pottery. Okay. And you've got these little micro fractures. Somebody's just tapping on it and you get this little micro fracture here. You get this little micro fracture there. Um, it'll hold together. You know, it might weaken it or the more you tap on it, the worse it's going to get. So the number of times you cause a micro fracture is going to be the decision point for you as to when it's going to break. And so whenever you're talking about a company or even a person, you know, if, if you don't have your words and actions match, that's a microfracture. If you don't have your words in place for the day, that could be a microfracture. If you judge somebody as good or bad or wrong or right, little microfracture, and you cause these little conflicts. So every time somebody gets frustrated or somebody gets upset, you're going to cause that little microfracture in your organization or your person. And so the, they, it's really kind of up to them what they want to do with the, how broken it is. Right. They have to decide, I've got this broken vase. Now, do I want to keep it or, and, or just go buy a new vase and start over again? <laughs> and, and really only they can decide that, but, right. you know, I kind of give them that visual to say, okay, what do you, where do you want to be with this? You know? 
So, yeah, and a few microfractures, you know, won't hurt it. Every company has a few of those here and there, but it's, you know, how many you allow to happen that's going to cause uh, whether it breaks or fractures, you yeah. know, to the point of where it's injured, you know. Now, on a scale of one to 10, how how would you go into, like, for instance, The Office and, and Michael Scott, the, the TV show about The Office? To me, that was a... Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that was a great show. I, I, I actually use a lot of their videos for my uh, presentations because they're perfect examples they are. of what they are. to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, it, the sad fact is there are some organizations you just really can't fix. You know what I mean? If, if they're, if, if they want to fix it, they will, if they don't, you know, it's going to stay where it is. And uh, the thing of it is, is you can have a company or an organization that has a number of fractures in it. Uh, but they still survive. They're just kind of broken. You right. know, you hear about big organizations, yeah, like big organizations that have been around for a long time where they're just kind of limping along, but they haven't quite died yet or, right. or they're right. you know, they're trying to restructure and figure out what's going on so they can fix what's broken. Uh, I think that's a big challenge is they forget to to use that second, that layer of the foundational and they're trying to fix like the software and, and the reorganization of the people, but they haven't quite gotten that, that other element. And it's harder to do when you've got a yeah. bigger company because you've got more people and more ideas and more differences and more diversity and things like that. Yeah. So uh, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, that reminds know? me of the book. Uh, I think it was uh, Tim Collins, uh, Good to Great, Having the Right People on the Bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's great to get people on the show that are that have the business background. I mean, I've been 30 years in, in management, uh, so it's yeah. it's it's great to get people that, that do, you know, the, the core to me, the core business stuff and working on leadership and working on, you know, building a good organization. Uh, cause again, I think that's so needed, uh, everywhere. Cause you look at so many companies that have such a bad culture or such a bad organization that, that are, I mean, they're, some of them are just vicious. It's, uh, you know, I don't see how a lot of people or how some of these companies even survive i mean it's they have no no culture no personal you know feel of, of an organization yeah yeah and and it shows through and i mean you can have a very successful company with a broken culture it's just that uh you have to ask yourself is that what you want your company to look like you know because if you've got a great product and you can get everybody to do the customer service aspect because they're you know, being paid a lot of money or whatever it is, you can have uh, that culture. But I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, the the research they've done and uh, what what people see more and more is that if you've got that human element in place, nice and strong, it t completely changes the way your company looks, feels, yeah. uh, you know. You can, I mean, you could probably, if, if I said right now, think in your mind some companies that you feel like are truly authentic, uh, really caring companies that are doing th that kind of work, you probably have some pop in your mind and go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the company's probably doing that stuff. Yeah. So, and to me, yeah. it's easy to see those companies because you look at the employees and if they're happy, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, yeah. if they're a happy employee, you know, they've got a, a good you know, relationship, they've got a good, you know, they've got that foundation in there that's, that's needed. And yeah. Have, and the other challenge with that too is, you know, sometimes you can have a, a company that's really good, 
that has they have a very good culture, but somebody comes in who doesn't have that same the same words or the right. same way of working at the culture. And if you put somebody into a culture that's pretty good, but they don't kind of fit into that culture, that can be a, a challenge because maybe the best gift for that person is to say, go find a place where you can have the culture that you're seeking right. because every company is going to have a different culture. So, uh, so there's just so many elements to that, that, uh, you can, you can use to make or break what your company looks like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, unlimited really. Yeah, it's like, so, it's like hiring in a virus. Do yeah. what? It's like hiring in a virus. Yeah. The, <laughs> just goes in and eats, eats away at the, at everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, think about that one uh, one uh, business or that one team that has just that one person who, <coughs> pardon me, who just doesn't fit in. Yeah, that one person who just doesn't fit in, and uh, and they can take the whole company and turn it into a kind of chaos. So. And the sad thing is, is most companies will promote them. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. The, the easiest way yeah. to get rid of a bad employee is to promote them to another group. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day and we were talking, they have a, uh, a boss that is, uh, is what, what, we, what, what they would classify as dysfunctional. Uh, she isn't very organized. She doesn't, uh, she's not very in the physical element. She doesn't keep everybody on track. And so everything's a little bit out of, out of whack organizationally. And the whole team is like that. And so this one person comes in who's pretty efficient and likes to get things done and stay on track. And so she is viewed as the dysfunctional one because she's not dysfunctional. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, you could have things like that happen too. That's where you got to figure out, okay, what do we do with this person? Cause she is actually doing a good job, but she's in a company or a team that is uh, not, you know, not getting things done and they sit around and talk and, and don't get the paperwork in on time and stuff like that. So yeah, there's yeah. everybody's a little different. Yeah. And I think if you don't, if you have a team of, you know, good, good employees and a team of bad employees, if you don't deal with your poor performers or your bad employees, your good employees will leave. That is, yes. And uh, you're going to be stuck with just bad employees. I mean, you've, exactly. you've got to deal you'll with have a frustrated employees that are very good. And then a bunch of employees who aren't doing their job who are getting promoted. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's the culture you're creating. Yeah. See, so that yeah. goes back to that words and actions thing. Yep. If your actions are you're promoting people that are not getting their work done, then you've told the story of what your company is. Right. You know, just yeah. with your actions there. So yeah. you're you're like I said, you're creating that culture just by what you're doing with your actions. Absolutely. Uh, you don't even have to plan it. It Absolutely. just happens. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's fate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I, that's why I say to people, you know, whenever I start working with them is if you're intentional about it, then you're going to grow something a little better. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm a gardener. So to me, I think of it like a garden. If you don't plan your garden out, you just take all the seeds and throw them out. You know, that's what you're going to get if yeah. you, you know, put them in lines and, you know, plan where they're going to go. So they're not next to things that aren't supposed to be planted by and stuff like that. You're going to have a different garden. And so you're really being intentional and it's deciding how do I want this business to look? You know, do I, do we want to be a kind business? Do we want to be friendly, you know, helpful? What, what are our words? And then saying, okay, if I'm measuring this person and how they fit in my culture, when I look at this person, how do they treat not only other employees, 
and the customers, but how do they treat themselves? Because the big one we always forget is when you're talking about those words, you also have to use them for yourself. So you have to be kind to yourself, helpful, you know, whatever that is, and find a way to balance that all out. And so that's a good measure for managers is if you've got an employee and they keep saying, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get that done. And they're, you know, promising a bunch of good stuff, but then they do nothing. Well, you've got your answer right there. Your, their actions are telling you exactly what their what culture they're looking for and what they want to do out of their job. Right. And then you have to say, okay, they're not bad or wrong about that, but I need to move forward and say, how am I going to address this issue? And it's either ignore it <laughs> or, or promote them <laughs> or, you know, put them in a box and say, OK, this is what I expect out of you. Or, you know, we'll have to see if you uh, fit in this company or not. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Uh, and and most uh, unfortunately, a lot of companies that, that I've that I see, they don't make that decision. A lot of times they yeah. just they just you know, let it happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then they complain about what they have. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, to me, that's the big thing is you have to decide, you know, do you want to move it forward or do you want to you know, just be upset about it? You right. know? And I think that's a big challenge. And I think it's frustrating if you're mid management because you really have no control except for yourself and what you're creating below you, you know, as, as best you can, if you're in a dysfunctional company where the, the higher ups are not seeing that these things need to change. Right. So, so I think, yeah, I think at all levels, uh, employees, there's challenges for all of them. So how do, uh, how do people get in, in touch with you? I mean, we'll put all the stuff in the show notes, but how, how do they, uh, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, the two easiest ways are my website, which is www. Uh, dot expectations with an S on the end of it with the number two reality expectations to reality.com. And uh, the other way is on LinkedIn. If they just go look up Dr. Lynette Reed on LinkedIn, um, there is actually a place on there where you can connect with me on the, the LinkedIn page. So yeah. And so feel free to contact me on my website. I actually have a resource center that if you log at the very bottom of the page, if you go in and, and, uh, and, log in, you can, they'll send you an email with the password and you can get into the resource center and it gets you started on the model. It, it'll kind of help talk you through how to do your personal intentional mission and some other free things. Um, there's also a, a handbook that I, I do, I use called fixing the problem, uh, making changes and how you deal with challenges. And that's also in the resource center. I think you can get it with Kindle unlimited for about three ninety nine. It's pretty inexpensive. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, that's the best way to do it. And so, and, and hopefully then if anybody has any questions after they look at all that, they can email me, which is also on my website. Now, do you work with people a lot remotely or is, is yours mostly, I, I would see you being able to really be effective doing this type of stuff over Zoom and over various platforms oh, yeah. remotely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I can work, I work remotely a, quite a bit, actually. In fact, it's funny, uh, every now and then I'll be uh, talking with somebody overseas and they'll be like in India or Australia. And it's just like we are right now. You know, it's it's a very, with technology the way it is. Yeah. Uh, this, this is a great time. Yeah, if you have to have a pandemic, I mean, I hate to say this, it sounds terrible, but if you have to, this is a great time because if you looked at the Spanish flu back in the 1800s, they did not have, they had a horrible pandemic yeah. and they were not able to just get on a zoom 
get together and see your family and, you know, have meetings online and all. So, I mean, it, it's opening up a lot of venues that we may not have had in the past. So yeah. this is a brand new frontier for us uh, on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, if this would have happened even 15 years ago, uh, it would have been a much different situation. Exactly. Yeah. At least we can still communicate and all, but yeah, I've done remote work for a number of years, so I'm pretty, pretty familiar with it. Oh, great. Well, and and it's, I'm telling you, it's been fantastic having you, uh, having you on the show. It was nice to get to visit. I always like uh, sharing the information and hearing what other people are doing too, because, uh, you know, I think that's the, the, the a really important part of it is the more we talk about it and the more we, we kind of get it out there in the discussion, right. uh, the more impact it can possibly have. So, yeah. yeah so, so thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I want to thank Dr. Lynette Reed so much for being on the show today uh, and adding so much value to the listeners. Uh, you can always check out uh, her website at www.expectationstoreality.com. You can also find her on LinkedIn, Instagram, and also be sure to check out her podcast, Five Minutes with Dr. Lynette Reed. And as always, I always say this, but leaders are readers. And the show notes are packed with some free books for you. Uh, You can get a free copy of Think and Grow Rich. Uh, You can also get a free Audible book from Audibles. They help sponsor the show and you can go up there and download the book is yours to keep. And I'm also on August 17th uh, starting a seven-day Think and Grow Rich challenge absolutely free for you. And it's just a great seven days to learn some of the tools of Think and Grow Rich. And again, until next week, Always remember to think big.